Fallen is the name of that song and the lyrics that talk about that. And we are a fallen people living among fallen other people in a fallen world, often taking solace and comfort in uh, the very condition that so many times has brought us misery. As we saw in that film clip from uh, Shawshank Redemption, those things that, that imprison us. And think, think about it metaphorically for a moment. The things that, Im- that imprison us sometimes in just a sick, pathetic kind of way end up being the very things that we find our comfort zone in after years of that. That's why Jesus came. That's why He resurrected on this day that we call Easter. Whether it was March or April, and who determines that anyway? I'm the Pope or somebody, I think. Anyway, uh, whether it's March or April, we had a d- debate earlier as to how the, the, the reconciling. I, I, have, I was in Russia for Easter a couple of years ago, and it just happened to be one of the few times that the Orthodox Easter uh, and the American Easter fell on the same time. So I know it has something to do with lunar stuff and American calendars and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter, is the point. The point is that we celebrate this day that Jesus rose from the dead. That's what's important. And we talk about being fallen and the fallen nature of man and, and, and why Jesus came for that. I want to center in on that. And I'm going to, there's a lot of places that I could take you to and read from the Bible that talk about the resurrection. Um, I'm taking you to some place, maybe, maybe uh, traditionally it's not where you normally go for the resurrection story because it's not really, it tells more of the effects of the resurrection than it does of the, uh, of the resurrection story per se. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and I'm going to have it for you on the screen in just a moment and I'm going to show it to you in the message uh, paraphrase which I like a lot. Uh, it just kind of flows and, and, and so forth. I, I use the New American Standard Bible and, but I also use the message which just which you'll, you'll see why I like it so much in this particular thing. And this is kind of a, kind of a long narrative, so stick, here, stick in it with me if you would, and uh, just follow along because it's, uh, it's worth it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, The first thing I did was placed before you. This is the Apostle Paul talking. The first thing I did was placed before you what was placed so emphatically before me that the Messiah died for our sins, exactly as the Scripture tells it, that He was buried. And he was raised from death on the third day, again, exactly as Scripture says. That he presented himself alive to Peter, then to his closest followers, and later to more than 500 of his followers, all at the same time. Most of them still around, although a few have since died. Paul's talking here, the apostle's talking here around 65 A.D., and he's saying most of these people are still around, still alive on earth although some have died. That's what he's talking about there. Um, Verse 7, Then he then spent some time with James and the rest of those he commissioned to represent him, and that he finally presented himself alive to me. It was fitting that that I bring up the rear. I don't deserve to be included in that inner circle, as as you well know, having spent all those early years trying my best to stamp out God's church right out of existence. The apostle here is referring to his earlier life as, as Saul of Tarsus who literally went around persecuting, martyring, torturing, killing anybody who called themselves a person of faith. He's referring back to that time in his life. But look what he says in verse 10. But because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am. You know, I could say that. I didn't kill anybody. Thought about it a few times. But... uh, uh, but I, I would have to say that too. 
and maybe you, but because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am. Wow. But I'm not about to let His grace go to waste. Haven't I worked hard trying to do more than any of the others? Even then, my work didn't amount to all that much. It was God giving me the work to do, God giving me the energy to do it. So whether you heard it from me or from those others, it's all the same. We spoke God's truth and you entrusted your lives. Now let me ask you something profound yet troubling. If you became believers because you trusted the proclamation that Christ is alive, risen from the dead, how can you let people say there is no such thing as a resurrection? If there's no resurrection, there's no living Christ. And face it, if there's no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. Everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. Not only that, but we would be guilty of telling a string of barefaced lies about God, all those affidavits we passed on to you, verifying that God raised up Christ. Sheer fabrication if, if there's no resurrection. I want to expand on that concept, that, that particular phrase there in verse 14. Can I go back to that? Back in verse 14 where he says, um, face it, if there's no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. I want to expand on that just for a moment because how bad would it be? Whenever I read this passage, I think about that. How bad would it be if Christ had not been resurrected from the dead. What would life be like? Kind of did something like this in Christmas Eve. I, I always like that movie at Christmas time, and I showed a little bit of it on Christmas Eve. Um, um, it's a Wonderful Life, the James Stewart movie. He shows the, uh, the movie is about what would have happened had he not lived. Well, what would life be like if Christ had lived but had not been raised from the dead on this great day that we celebrate as Resurrection Day or as Easter or, or, or however that is. And let me just, I want to give you a little thing that I kind of composed, but I based it on something else that I'll show you in a moment. But let me just show you this so you can kind of think through this with me. If Christ was not raised from the dead, then His teachings are meaningless. While He may have been a good man, strong philosopher, and a great teacher, He would have been just that, a man. Because of his claims, he would have to be called self-delusional, overinflated, and simply put, a liar. Now, you've got to think about that. Because that's exactly what... what now, I, I got that thought. That's not an original thought. I got that thought in my readings of C.S. Lewis, who is, if you haven't read C.S. Lewis, I highly recommend uh, anything that he has written. I have most of it, I think, if not all of it. Um, and a great writer from England, and uh, actually he, he, uh, he lived in some of our lifetimes. Um, died, I think, in the early 60s. Um, and uh, actually he did, he died, you know, I don't know if you know that, he died the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And uh, which is one of the, they, you know, many people, historians, recent historians say it would have gotten a lot more of attention had it not been on that particular day. So, uh, whatever. Um, C.S. Lewis said this, and I want you to see this, because this is, I based my thoughts on this, and this is the great, this is the great quote right here. C.S. Lewis, I am trying to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, about Jesus. That I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claims to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man 
and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be the great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man, Jesus, was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. I just can't say it any better than that. And that's so true. And we need to understand that about Jesus. And that's why it's always, I always kind of, in a sick way, get a kick out of those pseudo-intellectuals who try to rationalize away Jesus by saying, well, he was a good man, but he wasn't God. And I'm saying, think about what you're saying. That's, that's totally illogical. That's not going to pass logic one-on-one in a junior college, let alone somewhere else. I mean, that's just, that's just not there. And yet people do that all the time, and it's just intellectual suicide. Um, I know you get really fired up about that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> sorry, let me make this point, all right? I'm going to start. One time, one time a uh, interjection here. Um, guy came up to me, wasn't here, but it was in the church where I pastored in Vail. A guy came up to me, he'd come from, he'd come from Kansas, kind of a country church. And he said, you know what I noticed about, he, he, called, he, he called what I do, he, he, my little talks, he called them preaching. And he said, you know what I like about your, or you know what I noticed about your preaching? And I said, no, what's that? And he said, now keep in mind, this guy comes from a country church in the middle of Kansas. He said, you don't sweat much when you talk. <laughs> I'm about to start sweating here, okay? Anyway, uh, I, I always thought that. I said, well, thank you, uh, I think. Anyway, um, I get fired up about this stuff and get kind of excited. Here's the point that I want you to see. The virtues that we value the most in this country, and really in Western civilization, the virtues that we value the most rise and fall on the resurrection of Jesus. And I don't think people think about this too much. That's why I want to introduce it to you. Now listen, don't, don't, don't misunderstand. And I'm going to show you more in just a moment. There's no question. Jesus came, he suffered, he died, and he rose again so that he could reconcile man to God. That's why he did that. But he also, along the way in doing that, did a lot of things to reconcile man with man, mankind with mankind. And, and we take for granted some things that are just natural in, this, in Western civilization that rise and fall on who Jesus was. Keep, keep in mind my premise. Here's my premise. If there's no resurrection, Jesus' teachings are no different than any other man. If there's no resurrection, he's, he's no different than Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Homer, you name it. And while all those people were great writers, we don't think of them, nor did they claim to be, the Son of God or God. And, and Jesus would be no more than that. In fact, would probably be less than that because of the fact that they didn't. Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, so never claimed to be God. Therefore, they have a higher veneration for us because they, these were scholarly, wise men. Jesus, on the other hand, claimed to be God. So you understand why Lewis's quote is so important on this. So, foundational premise number one, if there's no resurrection, Jesus' teachings are no different than any other man. Foundational principle number two, and that is, if there's no resurrection, there's no power to fulfill the teachings of Jesus. Um, I'm sorry if I'm being repetitive for some of you, but I need to say this because it won't make sense to those of you, are, of you who are visiting. Uh, I, I do this thing, I'm doing it tomorrow actually, about once a month with a friend of mine, we're in the UN um, with a, we have a group of about 75 or 80 ambassadors, and uh, we meet with them any, anywhere from 15 to 20 different ones at a time. And uh, just have a little prayer group. Some of them are followers of Christ. Some of them are not. 
They know who we are and what we're about. We are there, and very openly, we are there to meet around the person and the precepts of Jesus. Nobody, we don't dance around that. Don't call ourselves Christians because that's a political party in most of these countries, many of these other countries, being a Christian is a, is a political party, which is like a Democrat or a Republican. Here. But anyway, I'm going to be there tomorrow. And one of the things I'll never forget, I always read a passage from, a, from one of the Gospels, the words of Jesus. And one of the things a few, a few months ago that I did was I, I, um, I, uh, I read the passage where Jesus talks about loving your enemies. And I'll never forget an ambassador from a, a, a fairly good-sized country, Muslim, predominantly Muslim country. He just looked so confused. These are very educated people, by the way. And they're very bright Some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life are some of these future or former leaders of their countries in most cases. But I'll never forget the look one of them gave me from a a Muslim country. He looked at me and and he said, he just was just, you could just see him processing. He says, love your enemies. He said, do you understand that my enemies are trying to kill me? then Then those words begin to take hold of you and you begin to see how revolutionary this really was what Jesus was saying pretty amazing stuff so when we think about this 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 whole concept of following the teachings of Jesus we can't even do that if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead now here's what I want to do as I said I the foundational principle here certainly is Jesus reconciled Man to God by his coming, suffering, dying, and being resurrected from the dead. But there's a whole bunch of other things. And I said a moment ago, I'm going to say this two or three times, so get used to it. The virtues that we value the most in this country and in in Western civilization rise and fall on the resurrection of Jesus. We don't think about it that way. If Jesus, some of these, some of these things we're going to go through have been, have been taught by ancient teachings here and there, but they were affirmed and they were reaffirmed and they received really quote-unquote, the best press, the best credit, if I could use it that way, when Jesus said these types of things. And here's, here's I'm going to go through, some of these I'll, t- I'll take a few moments on, some of these I'm just going to blow through real quick. Ten huge practical problems if Jesus did not rise from the dead. Ten huge problems. Number one, selfishness would be commendable. Just be selfish. Because if Jesus isn't, isn't, hasn't risen from the dead, and his teachings really mean nothing, then you can just live for yourself. Watch out for number one. Who cares about anybody else? Jesus is the one that said, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, think of the other person first. Some very, very simple things that most people in Western civilization, certainly in our country, teach whatever their belief or lack of beliefs may be. Share. Don't be selfish. Where did it come from? Jesus did it come from other places? Yeah, but Jesus is the one that really gave that, that credibility. Uh, another second thing, terrorism. Terrorism would be, would be admirable. You're, you're, you're hanging out, and, and, and isn't it amazing that in those places in the world today where we have a lack of the, resurrected teach, the teaching of the resurrection of Christ, terrorism is very acceptable, and in many cases honored, very honorable. Uh, that's not if you're a follower of Jesus. Never said that any of that, anything like that was close. And there have been, quote-unquote, Christian groups who have done that. But it was always, they've always been an extreme group, and they've always, they've always just totally just massacred the Scriptures to get to that point. But that's never, it was never the teachings 
of Christ. Um, how about this one? Women would be disposable. You know who the first feminist was? I'm, I, when I'm using the word feminist, I'm talking about in terms of equality. Men and women are equal. You know who the first one was? Jesus. Now, it took the rest of the world centuries, centuries to catch up with Jesus. But he was the first one. Go home and read John, Gospel of John, chapter 4. Jesus is, is, is meeting this woman at the well. It was revolutionary. It was just totally, totally against society for him to sit down with a woman who wasn't a woman of ill repute and sit down and have a conversation about God at that particular culture. I mean, that was just unheard of. Not only that, but guess who some of the inner circle was with Christ? Women. Some people are still struggling with that. Some of our brethren are still struggling with that. But, um, I mean, that's just a marvelous thing to think about. Now, you say, why has the church been slow and why has Christian things sometimes... You know, I can't explain why people don't do what they're supposed to do. I can't explain that. But I can tell you, I know what Jesus taught. I know how He lived and that, the, and that, that there was equality between men and women. And it's interesting, Friday night, and our, we had our Good Friday service. We really had a really good service. And I even mentioned then, it's kind of interesting, one of the, the one guy, Simon of Cyrene, who, who carried the cross helped Jesus carry the cross, most likely was a person of color. I called him an African-American, and somebody said, you're an idiot. He wasn't an American. He was an African. He was from North Africa. And I said, well, I was trying to be politically correct, you know. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying, Earl. What can I say, buddy? Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he, was, he was from Northern Africa. Isn't that interesting? Jesus... Again, it took the rest of the world centuries to catch on. But Jesus was the first. Where would we be without the teachings of Jesus in our society? Women, minorities, others, you'd be sunk without the teachings of Jesus. That's amazing. And and I can't, again, I I apologize for how many times people misread, misread or more than anything else just totally take the Scriptures out of context in the name of prejudice because that's It's wrong. Let me go through some of the bitterness and rage. That'd be acceptable. Envy and greed. That would be respectable. Uh, Equality. Now, I'm not talking about racial equality or or, or feminism here. I'm talking about just what's fair, what's right. Jesus gave that, he gave that credibility. Hopelessness. That'd be be okay. It's okay to be hopeless. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have concepts of the morning after or, or just wait until we get through the night and it's going to be a bright morning. We wouldn't have all of which are conceptually based on resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus. Forgiveness would be impossible because you couldn't forgive people, number one. Number two, you really would not have had the example that Christ gave that we talked about the other night, which is on the cross while people are killing Him. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You wouldn't have that if Jesus had not been raised from the dead. Heartfelt prayers. That, that would just be, un, you know, that would be unimaginable. Little heartfelt prayers. You ever done that where you just, those of us who are parents, I think probably go through this more than any others because we think about our kids doing this and where they are and what they're doing and who they're hanging with and who they're not hanging with and all the other kind of stuff. And we say, oh God, you know, help them. Those are meaningful prayers. I want you to know that. It's a story of my life, you know? Those are meaningful prayers. But you know, if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, they'd mean nothing. You'd just be talking to yourself. And the last thing is freedom. Freedom would be intolerable. I mean, it'd just be deplorable. 
any concept of freedom. And what I mean by freedom is this. I'm talking about freedom, the ability to break, to go back to the film clip, the ability to break down the walls that enclose you and entrap you and enslave you and hold you in an addiction, whether that addiction is a chemical addiction or that addiction is some sort of a sinful habit or whether that addiction is just an addiction to self, which is a pretty horrible thing. And that, by the way, is a very common disease that we have in our society, addiction to self, me and me and my stuff, you know, amazing amazing how that works. So, just some, some, some practical, huge issues that would be bigger issues or actually would, would be just horrible if Jesus hadn't come and been resurrected from the, day. But you know, from the dead. But you know what? All of that aside, read that quote one more time, the one that I based on the C.S. Lewis quote. Let me just show it to you one more time and I want to leave it. If Christ was not raised from the dead, then his teachings are meaningless. While he may have been a good man, strong philosopher, and a great teacher, he would have been just that, a man. Because of his claims, he would, he would have to be called self-delusional, overinflated, and simply put, a liar. Great virtues that we honor in our society rise and fall on the resurrection of Jesus, whether people realize that or not. Now, I want to take you to one more passage of Scripture to... And I want, to, I want to close things with this because this, is, this goes back to the other part that I told you. Jesus came first and foremost, and I don't want this to be mistaken, first and foremost to reconcile man in his fallen condition to God. And there's a great passage of Scripture, and again, I'm going to show it to you in the, in the message translation, that talks about that for me. It just says it all. It just says it better than I can say it. So I'm just going to read it to you. You follow along with me. I'll make a comment or two here or there. But it's from Ephesians chapter 2. Follow along with me. If Christ, excuse me, it wasn't so long ago, it wasn't so long ago that you were mired. Now, by the way, this is the Apostle Paul talking to people of faith. You need to understand that. They're Ephesian. They're in this place called Ephesus. I've been there. It's a very interesting place. And so, anyway, says, it wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. You did it. You, excuse me. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. I can only say that, amen. You know, and I'm in that crowd. Instead, instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest in, the, in highest heaven, in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now, God has us where he wants us. With all, watch this, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. If God's, it's God's gift from the start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging bragging that we've done the whole thing. No, watch this, watch this right here. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus 
to join him in the work he does, the good work that he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. That's why Jesus came. And that's why he rose again. Now, if you're here, and you know, I don't know what the percentages are, at least half of you probably. 50, 60% of you are here are, are already people of faith. Here's my message to you. Live like it. Live like it. I mean, if, if that's, if you're in Christ and Christ has, has died and been raised again so that you won't be bound down and in prison and addiction and sinful, selfish garbage, then live like that. Use the power that God has given you through His resurrection power. Now, there are some of you here who, who you're not there yet. Well, let me just say, I'm glad you're here. That's a good place to ask questions and explore. But you know, I would say this. Maybe it's time you step over that line. That, that, that intangible line and say, you know what? In my own way, Lord, right here, right now, I want to become a person of faith. I don't have much, but what I have in terms of faith, I want to give to you, God. And you can do that right where you are. And you know, sometimes, I don't, I've, been a, I've been a follower of Christ for a lot of years. But you know, there are still sometimes when I say prayers like that, not, not in terms of an initial type of thing, but God, here I am again, and I, I just want to trust you. I just want to have faith in you. And I even need your strength and your power to be able to do that, and he will. That's why Christ came. And that's why he was raised from the dead. Let's pray together. Lord, we are uh, just humbled and in awe of your grace and of your power and of your of what, we rep- what, what is represented on this day that we celebrate. Lord, we know that symbolically, yes, we can be raised to a new life, but Lord, we know that literally you were, and it happened, and we reap the benefits of that in a relationship with God through, Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We would pray, Lord, that it would just, we would take some of these thoughts away from here and allow, just allow them to sink into our hearts and into our minds. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.